This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome to another episode of the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. It's Michael with you. Today's a special day. Uh, I've got four friends on the show, and that's actually the name of this group. Uh, it's someone that I've been following for some time now, and uh, I knew one of them uh, initially, and then it just kind of spiraled out of control, and, and now we have all four of them on the show at one time, so it uh, should be a treat for you and, and everybody involved. So what I'm going to do is normally, as you know, I introduce the guests and give a little bit of a background, but I, I feel it'd be better if you heard it directly from, from them. Uh, so I'm going to start off with, with John. John, welcome to the show. Michael, thanks for having me. This is John Nassero, QA and Compliance Associate at Duke Health System. And Jennifer? Hi, good morning. I'm Jennifer Raleigh, and I currently serve as the Chief Executive Officer at Select Specialty Hospital in Durham, North Carolina. And then next up, Patricia? Hi, this is Patricia Graham. I currently serve in a role as an Associate Director of Clinical Project Management at CE3. Good morning. Okay. Good morning. And last but not least, Molly. Good morning. My name is Molly Donauer. I am the strategy executive for Medics Clinical Research. Thank you all for being on the show today. Really appreciate all of you and, and the work that you're doing. So four friends. Um, tell us a little bit about how this all came about. Um, you know, how you, you know, just, you know, why you decided to come up with this, because I, I love the work and, and people, it, it, you see the stuff on LinkedIn and, and this collective of, of, of superstars are, are really creating a lot of impact in the world. So I want to hear a little bit more about how it came about and, and, and the dreams and the aspirations you have for the group. So it was really interesting, Micah, how this started, because for me, I had reached out to Molly to connect with her on LinkedIn as part of my move down here to North Carolina. I had moved down here last September and I saw some of the stuff she was doing and I wanted to make sure not only that I connected with professionals here, but also across North America. So I reached out to her and she and I had a couple of prelim discussions and then she and I had an opportunity to write an article for the American Society of Pharmacovigilance Journal. So she and I wrote that, and at the same time, I was continuing to network and ended up connecting with Jen, and I introduced Jen to Molly, and then somehow, both of them knew Trish. So I think for us, this was almost seemed like predestined to happen. What do you guys think? John, that was a really great intro, and you know, it's, it's interesting, Jennifer and I um, go back a number of years. Um, she and I met as I served as the CEO. I rolled out of that uh, organization and she's, um, as she was coming up on becoming a CEO. And so we've actually shared a lot of experiences as um, executive leaders and in connecting in with Molly, uh, it's, it, and you, John, it's been shocking that we, we all haven't, we know we've met in a past life in some sort of circle with all the, you know, the work that we've done. And so um, for me, it's been a really great experience. I know Jennifer and I have been talking about how we could continue to collaborate on sharing our experiences, um, both negative and positive with each other, um, and then trying to help others that are, are moving forward in their careers and, and share our experiences that way. And I think Molly, you were getting ready to mention something yourself. Yeah, I was just gonna add, um, we had instant, um, 
instant connection from, from kindred spirits on our passion for our work, for the communities that we serve, um, and in finding our path uh, professionally along the way, um, because I don't think that it's as straightforward. And and as we've moved in our careers and we've matured, uh, what is most important to us has has definitely changed. And and making sure we have that connection and that uh, passion for the work that we do. And I'll just add, this is Jennifer. That um, it really feels like individually we were all wanting the same thing and striving for the same target as far as sharing these experiences or collaborating and leaning on our network. And it was almost like serendipity that we all kind of fell into it together at the same time. Yeah, the other day I recorded a, a podcast episode. It'll be going live, I think, the next few weeks. And it was talking about LinkedIn, specifically you know, degrees of separation. And we've all heard about the six degrees of separation and the Kevin Bacon stuff and, and all of that. But anymore, I'm finding that pretty much anybody that I you know look at a profile on LinkedIn, I'm a second degree connection to them somehow. And I've got, you know, a few thousand connections. It's not by any stretch, you know, millions or anything like that. But it's just amazing, you know, how you know, the world is connecting everybody together and you know, like you said, many of you kind of knew each other, but uh, collectively you've, you've, you know, formed this, this group that is really, you know, just seems right. It seems that, you know, it's you know, all of the, your, your different backgrounds and all that stuff synergize really well together uh, and align well with, with your passions and your purpose. Because uh, passion and purpose uh, can be two different things. Our passions change over time, but our purpose uh, and I'm a firm believer of this, you know, is deeply rooted and it goes back, you know, for a long time. And over time, it adapts to, you know, the, the, the work that we're doing and, and the things that we're uh, doing to impact the world. So it's, it's awesome that the four of you were able to, to meet together and, and, and form this super group, you know, for those of us that like music. Uh, I kind of look at it that way as well. So the first question I have for, for the group is, I, I, you know, what what do you see is really important for us as a society to really focus on over the next few years? Um, because in your respective roles, you see a lot of different things and a lot of different challenges in your organizations and in the world that we serve. What are some things you think that we really should focus on uh, from a change aspect over the next few years? I think, Michael, for me, it's people getting used to take action. You know, I think to me personally, motivation's a bit overrated because it wanes it sometimes. People get very excited uh, at the beginning to start something. And then as that goes through, unless they see immediate results, a lot of times that motivation ceases. Ultimately, though, it's the taking action piece that you control. And I think that's the biggest thing is that people need to get out of their comfort zones and take action and do something and understand that while you process and while you're going through something, that is productivity. You are moving forward by doing that. And I think that's the biggest thing of people that, you know, getting them to break the mold and get away from just waiting for something to happen and going to make it happen themselves. John, thank you so much. That, that's a, I, it, what's wonderful about four friends is just this aspect right here that everyone has 
a really interesting take on a particular topic. And so in thinking about myself and, and what, um, you know, I could share for what does, what do I focus on or what should people be focusing on in the next five years? I mean, I think it's been a really interesting, um, experience these last five years in, in the workforce. We've seen a lot of different change. We have, um, you know, it was. I was reading the other day about how uh, the there's a huge change in how people view open floor plans for for offices. That that was the biggest mistake ever made in in the business world, right? So you have all of these businesses in the middle of maybe changing over their um, their office space to an open floor plan. When you have new research that came out that says it's the worst thing for communication and collaboration. And so I think what for, for me and, and if, if I was mentoring someone young or even someone older thinking about where they are in their career or what they want to do, I think being true to yourself is so important and, and having respect for yourself and, and looking at where you are at a certain point in time. You may be a young 26-year-old kind of in your first job. What does your next five years look like? And I think that um, in, in being true to oneself, where am I? What do I want? setting goals, writing things down, and, and kind of painting your picture so that, like John said, you can have um, a plan to take some type of action. But I think sitting and being idle is no good either. But I think when you, if you think of some of, back to my, my thing on these, the office space, you had a lot of companies that, that what was true for them is having private offices and, and collaborative spaces that were in conference rooms, and that was kind of true to their company, and they felt pressure to change. And, and maybe now then there's, you know, this new research that says that this it wasn't a good change to happen. And so um, I think really taking a look at where am I, am I really happy in this role that I'm, I'm serving right now, or is this serving a purpose in my home life right now to solve some financial issues in my household? I, it, I might not be happy in this job. It might be the worst thing I've... I, in my career right now. But if I'm staying true to myself and keeping with the goals that I have, then maybe I'm going to stick this out for a little bit longer, um, you know, before I, I take action to make a change. But I have that in my plan. And so I think planning is very important, being true to oneself and being respectful, you know, to not only yourself, but to, you know, the, the, your work environment and, and how um, you work with others. I think that's really important. Well, uh, just going off the, the trend here, the two things that come to mind is one, mentoring others, as you started to talk about, I think that is one of the uh, biggest investments that will pay off in our future. And one of the things that I try to mentor colleagues is um, being, on, being comfortable with change and failure. Um, because... Um, I think we need to take risks. And even in your, your office scenario, you know, why not try it? The science was saying, let's do it. Let's try it. See how it works for us. Maybe we make tweaks to it along the way. Or maybe we just say, yeah, that is not going to work for us. Let's learn from it and then move on. I think so many people are so afraid of failure that they're paralyzed and we're not going to move forward scientifically, uh, socially, if we don't figure it out and take these calculated risks. So I will agree with all of what has been said before me. 
when I think about the question, what really should we be focusing on in the next several years? And I think about it globally. One of the first things that comes to mind is a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. He said, keep your eyes on the stars, but your feet on the ground. And when I think about change and moving forward or, you know, new discoveries, new technologies, you know, we always need to be open-minded to growth and stretching ourselves and learning more about new things. But it's also important to stay rooted in some foundational things from our past or from our history. Um, you know, I, I laugh all the time and I use this analogy quite a bit. I have a sister who's 13 years younger than me and I just love her to death and wouldn't say a bad thing about her. But I laugh because she struggles to address an envelope and mail it because she never had to. And she's completely um, communicating off of her cell phone and maybe a little bit of email, but primarily text. And I know that's a trend and we laugh and say, oh, well, the post office is probably going to go away. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't see it going away completely because I still mail quite a few packages. And um, that's just one of the things that I use as an example of. There are some things that we need to continue to hold on to and remember how to do and not just throw away in the back of our mind as we trudge forward for whatever the new latest and greatest thing is, you know, to remember those things. So much gold in what the four of you have shared and a couple of things that jumped to mind in, in your comments was, you know, one, you know, being true to yourself and really understanding you know, who you are as an individual and what's important to you. And, you know, I love the analogy too on, on a generation that communicates, you know, via text and email and, and whatnot. It, it's, it's funny. It's you know, social media really isn't social. Our, our communication skills have actually declined. I've noticed you know, over the over the years. So when you actually have a face to face conversation with people or over the phone, even and talking using the phone app on our smartphones uh, is a noble concept for for many. Where it's like, oh, I I, I don't use that app. What does that do? Uh, it, it's it's an interesting thing. Like even when I call one of my daughters, she'll answer the phone like why is this thing ringing? You know, what's going on with it? So it's, it, 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 I, I hope that uh, we'll return to that. And I anticipate that, you know, the next generation may actually revert back to more traditional ways of communication. Um, but one thing that really jumped out in everything that all of you said, what, and, and you said it in different ways, was you know, learning about your own personal boundaries and, and how you you know, go about life and what's important to you and, and whatnot. So I'd love to hear from each of you on, you know, the types of boundaries that you've, you know, implemented in your life, you know, maybe even later on in life that, you know, you, you used to have or lost or maybe never had and then uh, came back to them. You know, in my story, you know, I lacked a lot of boundaries in my life and led to a pretty interesting year to say the least back in 2009 and 10. But at the end of the day, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And now, I have great boundaries and, and, and avoid burnout and all of those things. But I'd love to hear from, from each of you on some of the things that you're doing um, in, in the work that you do because, you know, each of your roles are extremely demanding and they have a lot of, you know, things and, and not even talking about, you know, what home life looks like. But, you know, but that's a, a, a big component of it too because, 
I think many of us forget that we are actually one person and we sometimes try to be two or three. Um, we're one. And I, again, I'd just love to hear um, from each of you your perspective on, on your personal boundaries and, and the things that you're doing to, to make sure that you take care of yourself. Michael, I think for me, you know, and you know my story and the other friends know my story right now. So I think the two things that I have that I use from a boundary perspective is I'm very protective of my time and I'm very protective of who I spend that time with. You know, for me, it's my most valuable currency. When I turned 43 years ago, I just decided at that point that I was going to rock with some awesome people and have an awesome life and make sure I got to do what I wanted to do every day. So to me, that's the core. That's the purpose of all of it. And I think when you really get good with that, then everything else falls into place. From a people perspective, you know, as I say, Probably, I heard this quote now about a year ago, and it's from Michael Yan. He's an old war photographer, and he says, the strongest negotiating position you have is to walk away and mean it. And I interpret that as the quickest way to get someone's attention is to remove yours. So if there's anyone in there that disrespects me, disrespects the people I love, disrespects anything that I'm doing and doesn't align with that, for me, I walk away. Life's too short. I would rather rock my life with these three than anyone else who would suck the energy from me. What do you think, Trish? This echoes everything that I'm getting ready to say. I feel like um, learning the power of no has been a really hard lesson for me. Um, I've always been a yes person, you know, overextending myself, helping others to the extent where you know, I'm harried or, and, and I'm, I can't keep it all together, but I'm making sure I'm keeping it together for others. Um, and that happens both professionally and personally for me. So um, I've really struggled. Um, I've struggled to find, um, you know, some balance work and, and home. Um, interesting. And I don't know what Jennifer's getting ready to say, but she and I even had a conversation where I said to her, I found myself two, two three years ago so busy, so focused on work and, and trying to make work so successful that I found that I wasn't being kind to the, those that were closest around me. And when you get that realization, it, it's, it's so scary and you're so sad because these are the people who love you the most. Um, and so finding my way to say no has been interesting. Um, I still struggle on this. Um, and sometimes it's having to say no to some of the people that are closest to me. I have found in the last few years that um, I have made my circle much smaller than it ever has been in my whole life. And that has given me a lot of peace. Um, my significant other, Marty, he jokes around that he might have a thousand friends on Facebook, but that if he had to move a piece of furniture, not one of those people would come and help. <laughs> And so, you know, you think about all these connections you have and the people that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. And really at the end of the day, it's looking at yourself and going, I'm responsible for myself and, and those few folks that I love around me. And I have to be the best that I can be for them. And so um, while I don't, I can't say there's anything I did in particular to help this situation other than using the, the word no and using it in a very kind way. Um, and that's what helped me with um, protecting my time a bit, protecting my brain energy, protecting those around me. So um, 
you know, I think the power of no has been a big, big uh, help for me in trying to find some of my balance. Molly, your thoughts? What comes to mind immediately was a pivotal moment that I had in my life. I was attending a women empowerment conference and the speaker said, you are your brand, whether you like it or not. And whatever your brand is, you are giving your children the permission to have the same brand. And that hit me like a Mack truck. I realized that I did not have professional boundaries. I had worked really hard to uh, develop personal boundaries, but um, I was still coming home at the end of the day empty and work didn't end. And in that sense, I was not a good mother, wife, and friend, and I had to make a change. And I did. And when I left my job, uh, which I, I loved, I loved the people I worked with, I loved our purpose and the patients, um, but I was intentional of finding my next career and making sure that I set up those professional boundaries. And it's, it's a work in progress. My husband and I have this joke where um, he's a pharmacist and uh, I would tell him, I'm, I say, okay, the pharmacy's closed, it's 6 p.m. And you know, he would say the same thing back to me. Molly, the hospital's closed. It's this time, it's time to be present. So really practicing being present. So when I am home, I am home. And if I do have to do some work, I will tell my, my kids, this is the time period that I'm going to work. Um, it is limited and what I get done, I get done. And what I don't, I don't. Um, but they, I do want them to see that I have boundaries, that at times you do have to take some work home. Um, but that I'm present in what I'm doing. So if I'm spending time with them, I'm doing that. I don't want to be the mom who is at the soccer game or the horse riding show who is doing emails on their phone while their kid is playing. I want to be into what they're doing. Uh, but it takes time and it takes practice, uh, especially when I wasn't so good at developing those boundaries along the way. So I'm going to answer it just a little bit different because these guys have done a good job talking about a lot of the things that I could have said. When I think about boundaries and burnout and how do I keep out of it, I'm reminded of several years ago when I took my first major leadership position. I'm also a pharmacist and I came up the ranks and took on a hospital as a director of pharmacy. And I remember things that now take me 10 minutes to do were taking me hours and it was all part of the learning process. I was allowing myself to get really excited easily about things, good or bad. I call it chasing down rabbit holes sometimes when I would allow employees to come to me and complain about things and I would start doing investigations and do a whole lot of research and investigation for not a whole lot of outcome. And it was taking a lot of my time. And while all that was happening, um, as with any leadership role that anyone could take on anywhere, there's always fires to put out every day. And it was so much of it. And I remember going to my previous boss, who was a mentor of mine, and I said, how do you do this every day? How is it that all of this is happening and you just act like it's no big deal? And he said something to me at the time to the effect of, oh, because it's always something, it never ends, you just have to keep rolling with it. And I didn't really know what he meant because I'm thinking, well, this is a hospital, these are patients, 
people are going to die if we don't do what we're supposed to do. And he wasn't suggesting that, you know, we should make light of anything. Um, but it took me reliving this for several years to finally realize whatever emergency that I have today that I could dwell on and be so overwrought with concern about, tomorrow there's going to be something completely different and it could be worse, it could be the same, but it's going to completely erase the memory of what it is that I'm dealing with today and my attention is going to go there. So once I cycled through that enough to really see that there's always going to be something new and tomorrow I will have, you know, put aside the emotional energy that this is taking from me, then I realized that I just roll with it or, or whatever term you want to use to describe, you know, just moving forward and, and not letting it suck you down. What I found interesting is each of you uh, approached, you know, discovering or rediscovering boundaries in a different way, which is something that I, I tell people. And I, I said, believe me, I wish that there was a simple recipe uh, for you to implement boundaries in your life in such a way that it would get you to you know, the, the point that you want to get to. But each of you went about it differently. But the, the one thing that is in common is you realized that something was wrong and you needed to make some changes in your life to address it. Now, some of you, you know, switched, switched positions. Uh, some of you may have moved. Some of you, you know, decided, okay, we need to look at this in a different way. And you, you sought out mentors on, you know, like, you know, an example of just keep rolling with it. Yeah. The, in, in the healthcare sector, um, yeah, every day there's, there's going to be something. And, as much as we would love uh, for patients not to be ill uh, and utilize our facilities, um, it would put us out of work. But on the other side, it would be wonderful that people didn't have to use it because they were healthy. Uh, but we, well, we know that's not that's not the reality. One thing that jumped out at me too is, and a couple of you alluded to this, is you've implemented these you know boundaries in your life but it's still a work in progress. It's not like, okay, I've installed this app, now it works. No, there's constant, uh, constant you know, retooling and, and learning from it and focusing on it. So what are some of the things that you realized when after you, you, know, you know, implemented these boundaries in your life and things started to get better, what were some of the things that you did to, to recognize when things were trying to circumvent or or get around those boundaries and, you know, what are some of the things that you do to, to protect yourself and, and really protect yourself from leaning back into old habits or, 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 you know, having your personal boundaries. Uh, I don't know if the word violated is right, but, uh, and oftentimes it is. So I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on, on how you address those, those situations that come up that uh, could jeopardize your personal boundaries. Well, I think for me, Michael, you know, first is vague is the enemy. You know, if I say that I want to, let's just say I want to spend more time with Kelly, my wife, that's just another usual way of me saying I want to continue disappointing her because she knows that won't get done. So on the other hand, though, if I say every Friday, I want to be home at 6 p.m. and she's going to be ready and I'm going to pull into the driveway and hit the horn and she's going to come out looking spectacular and I would have already had the dinner reservations done then I know we're going to have a good time. And if I say that, you would be much more likely to believe I'm going to follow through on it. So to me, it's just making it obvious. 
as well as making it attractive. You know, if it's, if it's fun, it gets done. And obviously, if most good habits were fun, I'd probably already be doing them. But they're still a valuable lesson. The things that I don't want to do, like I hate cleaning the house. I hate it. But if I combine something fun with it, like if I play music that I like, or um, I have a TV show on in the background that I wanted to get to, then I'm more likely to do it. So I don't know if that's building temptation in or just setting myself up for immediately successful. But I think if it's obvious and attractive, then I'm going to do it. What do you think, Trish? For me, um, you know, I'm one of those people that really does struggle with, um, you know, with setting my boundaries or I should say I have pretty decent boundaries. It's, it's letting them, letting others in, right. And kind of messing up what my, uh, my perceived boundaries for myself are. So, you know, I've, I've recognized I can't do it alone. Um, because my first nature is to give and to give of time and effort and energy. And, you know, that's not always appreciated and realized, right? So that's when, um, you know, you kind of feel, it's having a, not everybody has a sense of gratitude, right? For what others do for them. So I think that's when, you know, to just, John said, as long as I can keep it fun, I'm good. And I think for me, if I'm helping others, as long as I feel that um, there's some gratitude there, you know, that's, that's helpful. At the same time, again, can't, can't do it by myself. And so I lean on my partner and, and I, I bounce things off of him and say, what do you think about this? So before I commit um, my time, effort, and energy, I, I like to get some other opinions, you know, and, and, and sometimes others help set me back straight. Um, because again, my first thing is to jump in and, and say yes. And so learning the power of no has been a very, very hard, um, hard thing for me. Um, I, I struggle with this daily. And, um, you know, I, I think having the help of someone else um, and hoping, you know, kind of like I said previously, kind of making my circle much smaller has been helpful. Um, I slip up all the time on this. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm a work in progress on this. And um, I, I look to those that are around me to help me identify some of those areas. Sometimes, you know, they're blaring for me and, and I get it and I, I stop um, issues, you know, in their tracks. But other times I need some help and some bounce back, you know, what do you think about this? And I think that's one of those things that a leader does. They don't always make every decision themselves. They kind of lean on their people that are, um, that they, they love and respect in the workplace and, and say, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? And it kind of helps, uh, to, to set the line back straight. Molly, what are your thoughts? So similar to yours, um, I feel like at times we could be the same person. Um, to me, surrounding myself with um, both professionals and friends when I'm stressed and I can just vent and say, this is what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um, many times I have found in that situation, someone will say, oh my gosh, why don't I just do that? And and that has happened over and over to the point where, you know, I feel comfortable saying, hey, can you help me with X, Y, and Z? And really improving my communication with um, 
with my bosses, there, there have been times where I've been intimidated. And now I'm at the point where, like, I know I'm a hard worker. I know I don't goof off. Um, I make my time count. So if I say I'm struggling um, and communicating that to them, you know, I am finding the feedback that I'm getting, and it's because I, I have really great bosses uh, right now, that they're saying, okay, let's prioritize X, Y, and Z. Um, this one actually isn't as important as I thought it was, or let's just do this. Um, or they may have an idea of someone else that I can delegate it to. But having the comfort in my own skin to say I am struggling and, and being able to say that both managing up and uh, down for for maybe someone who's relying on me to do something and um, and knowing that in my heart that I am doing my best and I am providing quality work. Jen? Thanks, Molly. Well, our boundaries aren't exactly visible to anyone but ourselves, right? And even once people learn kind of where they are, that doesn't stop them from testing the fence, so to speak, to find a weak spot. And I have this both in my personal and professional life. Professionally, there are days that I feel like I am a shrink because my office has a line at the door of people coming in, sharing their concerns and issues. And, you know, they're all valid to the individual in some way. And it's not their fault, but they don't realize that in the grand scheme of things, sometimes what they're so worried about as their number one emergency is not at all an emergency or a priority in my mind. And it is a mistake to tell them that. So I, you know, manage differently depending on the scenario of the day. I'm famous for saying something to the effect of, you know, I recognize that this is really important to you and I want to give you the time that you deserve to really talk about this. So let's schedule some time, you know, tomorrow at 9 a.m. Or, or whatever works. And um, not only does that let them know that they're important and that I'm going to give them some devoted time, but also gives them a chance to cool down. And maybe tomorrow it's, they've realized too, it's not that big of a deal. And then it also allows me to uh, filter through and find out what is a big deal because there are times that people bring situations to you as a leader that really warrant some attention. And you have got to be able to navigate through that and, and find out what is what and, and how to address. Personally, um, I have a great family. We're all very tight-knit. There's uh, three sisters that I have. I'm the oldest. Um, my poor daddy, even the cat was a girl. Um, and I love my daddy. We have a fantastic relationship. We can tell each other just about anything. And he is very much like me, or I guess I'm like him, would probably be the better way to say it. We like to think through things and issues in our mind just nonstop until we've come up with every possible scenario or solution or ever which way decision-making could go. And um, especially in the past couple of years since I've taken on the chief executive officer position, it has just been, um, you know, overwhelming in some ways, and I don't have as much time as I used to to hash out all of these personal issues. And um, there's been times recently that he's called and he wants to talk through something that maybe we've already gone through or, um, you know, I just don't find is that urgent. And I'll say, look, dad, um, I don't have any more bandwidth to deal with this right now. And I've 
been using that term quite a bit because we've only got so much we can give every day and we've got to decide how we're going to divvy that out. And um, so that's how I've, I've pushed back there and uh, he's learning. So he's, he's still testing the fence just a little bit, but, but he's learning. So we're, we're good. As a dad with three daughters, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. So um, your dad is very fortunate on that. And, you know, I've, you know, I've got family members that have boys too. And so the, they're, they're all awesome. And it's fun watching them grow up and become into adults. And because one of them actually is an adult now and it's, it's, it's a definite shift, but it, it's good that you have that um, control. And, and I love the bandwidth uh, kind of thing because it is important. You know, we, there's only so many productive hours in the day where we can be optimizing our, our best self and we have to be very protective of that. And uh, I know a few of you had mentioned, you know, communicating with your bosses and, you know, some of you unfortunately had to you know, leave your employer and go somewhere else and establish those communications uh, to say, look, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's only so much that, that I can do. And there's presenting it in uh, the right way can can mean whether or not you remain an employee of the organization or also I've seen it where it really strengthens uh, the relationship with with your employer um, that you you know take seriously your own well-being and and that when you are you know working on a particular task that you've said yes to that you're giving your, your full attention to it. Um, because if not, and you keep getting things delegated to you, then, you know, the quality of work, we see it all the time when we're trying to do 10 things, we're not going to do them as well as if we do that, you know, one or two things, uh, over a short period of time. If there was one thing that you would say to the audience and our audiences, healthcare leaders, entrepreneurs, um, people all across the globe, um, what would be the one piece of advice you would give somebody um, in their career, no matter if they're early into it or, um, you know, they've been in it for, for several years? What's one piece of advice that you wish someone would have told you um, when you got into your respective fields? Well, I think for me, Michael, the first thing I can be summed up in a, a simple sentence, it's get out of your own head. You know, you tell yourself a story sometimes for whatever doesn't happen. And the worst part is you start to believe it. I think when your ego gets involved, you know, you don't look at the situation the right way. I mean, just here, you see the four of us and we're great at what we do, but we're even greater collectively. So you see the vulnerability, you see how much stronger it makes you. You know, if you don't like something that one of us says, you go down a couple paragraphs and you get three different perspectives. So I think to that piece, it's what you think people are caring about, you know, they really don't. That's your perceptive of perception of what it is. So whether it's, you know, a mammoth in your head that you're trying to silence or just a false sense of self that you have. I think that's the biggest thing is that lose the ego, ask yourself, where do I add value and how do I help today? I think that's it for me. What do you think, Trish? 
I want to go back to um, Jennifer Raleigh's relationship with her father. Um, I lost mine seven years ago, and um, I grew up in a household. Uh, he was a nuclear engineer, so super smart guy, um, you know, focused on, you know, drive, push. And the interesting thing about him is while he was a nuclear engineer, he didn't start out that way. He actually was a pipe fitter in Cleveland, Ohio, um, in, you know, the worst winters. And his philosophy that he passed to me was, it doesn't matter what you do, be the best at what you do. If you are set to be the person who's cleaning the floor at an, at, uh, an office, you be the best floor cleaner because it will be noticed. And so while I've never focused on what someone didn't tell me, you know, advice not shared, I've always focused on his sharing of his work ethic. And that reigns true today. Um, and I, I watched, I had, you know, this great mentor, my father, to watch growing up and, and how hard he worked at work and, and how he handled difficult situations. And it was always with quality and with perseverance and really being the best at what he was told to do at the time he was told to do it. And so that's been my focus. And, and you know, sharing that, um, you know, that's a piece of advice you can share with anyone. You can mentor and you can say, you know, whatever you're doing, do the best because at some point this is going to be noticed and you will get that next level and you will move forward. Um, and so I think, though, that while you share that advice, it, that's something mm -hmm. that that drive for quality and passion and um, – you know, process and procedure comes from also within. So it's, it's uh, you know, kind of twofold. You have to have someone who has that drive and wants to be that. But if they have that and they understand that, that piece of advice about doing the best with what's been handed to you, you know, making lemonade out of lemons, whatever it is, that that will be recognized in a professional sense um, really has, has been my, my lifelong uh, driver um, not even just professionally, but, you know, as, as a child. So uh, there's my piece. Molly? So I have two pieces. One is invest in yourself. So what do you need to do? Um, you know, maybe that's getting a certification in your field. Maybe that's doing an extra residency on, on top of your um, getting your degree. Um, Joining professional organizations, getting out there, networking, going to conferences. One of the mistakes that I made as a leader is um, I had a very limited education fund for the department. And so what I did is I sent all of my employees or tried to send my employees to conferences for our program. So I didn't go. And what I realized in the long run, while I was a good uh servant leader, um, I was actually not helping myself professionally, but also not, I could have been better for the department had I gone to more conferences and brought back information. And the last thing I have is being open to opportunities. Uh, I had my life scripted when I was 18 years old. I was going to go to nursing school. I was going to work two years after nursing school, go back for my master's degree, um, blah, 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 and, and just move down the path. And realistically, life happens. Um, 
but I also never thought that I would move away from the bedside. I've always been a caretaker and that is what I'm good at. And then I took a step and I was a supervisor. So I was still taking care of patients and, um, and moving up in the administrative track. And then I moved away a little bit further from the bedside and realized, wow, I can help more patients by empowering the staff. And so I, I moved further away, but I never thought that I would not work directly for either a hospital system or some sort of healthcare organization. And this opportunity came to me to work for a healthcare staffing and workforce solution company. And I was outside of their box. I mean, so far outside of their box, but Really, I found a way that I could help more patients by helping sites on a national and international level and helping them do clinical research right. So if I would have gone, you know, down my path and according to my plan, I don't think it, I would have ever considered looking on the outside and looking at another way uh, to do what I'm really passionate about. And so just network, invest in yourself and uh, be open to opportunities. Jen? Thanks, Molly. My single piece of advice or one-liner, if you will, is that you should choose the right. Do the right thing. Every decision you make, every step you take, if you do what you believe to be right at the time, you cannot go wrong. Whether that's losing your ego, being your best, investing in yourself, being open to new opportunities, Whatever it is, if you choose the right, you can't go wrong. I tell my team all the time that I will back you up 100% if you make choices that you feel are right at the time. They may not always turn out to be the best business decisions or they could have been a mistake, but if you believe that they were sound morally, ethically, and they were what was best to do the right thing, we're good as gold. An incredible list of comments and a couple things that jumped out and they kind of go hand in hand is, you know, being your best and investing in yourself. One of the things that, you know, led to my burnout many years ago was I, you know, I, I blame and I thank my parents for this. Um, they are extremely giving individuals and have gave and gave and gave and gave. And, you know, in the last year, their health has taken a little bit of a downturn. They've rebounded, thankfully, but it, it was a, an important lesson and a, a difficult conversation for me and my brother to have with them, you know, saying, okay, you need to start taking care of yourself. You've been taking care of so many people for so long that you need to take care of yourself first. And I know this seems like a foreign concept to them because uh, they were selfless when it came to the things that they do. Well, you know, now it's, it's a case where they need to take care of themselves because, you know, they're, they're getting older and their health is, is not what it used to be, but you know, there's still time to recover and, and grow from it. But one of the things that jumps out at me too is, and, and, and I, I struggled with this for a long time, but I take care of myself first. And by investing in myself and taking care of my health, making sure I get a proper amount of rest, establishing the right boundaries in my life. Because when I do serve others, I'm serving from a full glass and not an empty one. And for the longest time, I was serving with an, an empty glass. So they weren't getting the best version of me. Now people do. 
And it's made a tremendous difference in the work and the quality of work that I do. And the people that receive uh, are, are getting the best version of me, which has been life-changing for myself and for everybody involved. I'm going to go around the room one more time and just you know have you say any last comments that you'd like to share with the audience and, and uh, with everybody together. Uh, again, I appreciate all of you and, and the time that you've given today to, to talk about uh, the stuff that we're talking about. And we could easily go on for, for hours because uh, each of you and your relative experiences and how they've gelled together and into the four friends is, is absolutely astonishing and, and wonderful. So I want to give the opportunity uh, to have you share any last comments. Uh, if you want people to connect with you where they can find you and, and whatever else you want to share. So John. Sure. Thank you. I think for me, you know, people know they can find us on LinkedIn and I think that's the central place for people to go if they want to learn more about us. You know, at the beginning of this, you called us the super group and in an email about a month or so ago, I said we were almost like Fleetwood Mac, how you take four really super individuals and put them together and they make magnificent music. But ultimately now, as I sit back and I listen to them, you know, the name suits us because we realistically are friends. I mean, connecting with the three of them was very much for me like connecting with three genuine friends. And I know no matter where I go in my career, one, two, if not all three will be with me. You know, if I haven't got the chance to say it, I love them all very much. And if anyone out there is listening to this and they have the opportunity to connect with three people the way I did, you know, they will be very, very lucky. I'm so grateful to be part of this group. Thank you guys for having us. But I think for the three of them, it's just knowing thank you guys for being my friends. I love you. And said that so beautifully. Um, I uh, echo all of that. Um, this is an astounding group of, of people. I'm so thankful uh, to connect with them. We are a, a close group of, of friends. And um, you know what? We're not afraid to share some vulnerabilities and some of our experiences that we've kind of held quiet and held to our, 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 our best. And, and so, um, you know, we're getting that out there. And I think the goal of this is to share experiences with, with others. And I would love to see um, each person out there connect with three other people and create another group of four friends. And this kind of go, you know, kind of down the line. Um, this has been so helpful and really somewhat of the shortest period of time. Um, but it feels like it's been a long time. And it's been something I think that's been missing in my professional uh, life. And, and I'm really thankful for this group. Um, thank you so much, Michael, for having us on. And um, I'll let Molly take it. Thank you. Um, you know, I would like to start with thanking John for, for reaching out and, and making the initial connections and then connecting me to Jen and, and Trish. It's, um, and actually several others um, moving down. You're a wonderful connector and networker, and I love the authenticity of our group and talking about things that maybe aren't easy to talk about. And I would be open to uh, suggestions from any of the listeners and, and people who are following our, our blog of, you know, what would you like us to talk about? What, what is meaningful for, for you all? And the last thing is 
you guys are just fun. Like, I love how fun you are. You know, we're, we're talking about serious stuff and careers and, um, you know, but honestly, like, I just like hanging out and, and hearing your thoughts on things and, and laughing together. So the friendship uh, means a lot to me and, and the professional support. And, and thank you, Michael, for your podcasts and, and letting us publish. Um, and, and right for you as well. Um, I love what you're doing and, and just so happy to be part of it. Jen? Ditto, ditto, ditto. So y'all are amazing. I'm also extremely grateful to be collaborating together to be able to call you my friends, not just because it's the name of the group that John kind of made up on a whim, but it's stuck and it makes perfect sense. But also because I'm learning from each of you and it's making me a better person. And I really appreciate that. Thanks to you, Michael, for letting us come today and be a part of this awesome podcast. I was able to listen to a whole lot of the other recordings over the past couple of weeks. And this is something awesome that you've put together. And I feel so privileged to be part of it. Um, you know, one final note that I wanted to add on when you were talking about taking care of yourself. So when you're serving others, it's from a full glass that really resonates with me. And, um, I'll close with one of the best examples of that I've ever been given is if you're on an airplane and the oxygen masks come down, you're always told to put your own on first but we all want to reach over and put it on the child next to us or the little old lady or, or someone else. And we think we're going to be okay. And then we're going to get to ours. And that's not actually what will happen. We'll pass out before we can even get one on someone else. So you've got to put your own on first, get yourself set, and then you can help all those around you. And that is what's going to keep you going and keep you able to help other people. And um, I agree, Molly. Y'all are amazing. Everybody's so fun. Thank you so much. No, the four of you are absolutely special people, and I'm completely honored and humbled uh, that one that you, you wanted to be on the show, two that you've you know you've submitted uh, material for for my blog to share with, with the people that are in in, in my audience and in the world, and um, you're changing lives for the better, and that's something that we definitely need in our society. Is we want people that want to change things for the better, and the four of you are doing that. And it's an honor and a privilege uh, to know each of you. And I appreciate you again and your time today. Um, I know on a Monday, uh, the time of this recording, when, when we all landed on a Monday, I'm like, are they serious? They want to do this on a Monday? But uh, thankfully, we we're able to carve out this time to make this happen. And I'm uh, thrilled that we were able to do it. And I've loved the the fact that uh, we've been able to accomplish this. And uh, again, I thank each of you uh, for that. And, and thank you for the call to action. And for listeners, I want you all to go out. I'll put it in the show notes, uh, the links to um, add these uh, awesome individuals on LinkedIn. But yeah, go out and, and, and connect with three other friends and, and make a huge impact on the world. Because uh, if each of us do that, uh, just imagine what this world's going to look like. So, Jennifer, Trish, John, Molly, thank you again so much for being on the show today. I appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. And until next time, everybody, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. 
I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get us a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.